Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu on the home of the Afropolitan. Welcome back. This is My Money and Me. I'm Sumitra Naidu. My next guest, Makosi Busisiwe Koza, is a prominent South African political figure, formerly known for her active role within the ruling ANC. Um, of course, she's held uh, uh, numerous positions within the party. Um, she later also joined OUTA, uh, the uh, tax lobbying organization, uh, held a very high position there and um, not not for very long and then she moved on let's find out now where makosi is thank you very much for joining me this evening yes good evening makosi tell me firstly where are you now and what are you up to well right now (laughs) i am the ceo of ukoko innovation Mm -hmm. and basically we are in the publishing business we publish school books textbooks and university textbooks and uh, we demystify mathematics using African languages. And that's my real passion. That's so interesting how you move from one thing to the other, uh, that, you know, and these things are so different from politics into an activist group and now into publishing. Um, it's, it's obviously been a very interesting journey for you up until now. Absolutely, it has been. By the way, I've always been the author of books. I've always been writing books. Those that don't know me very well, even when I was still in local government as the deputy mayor of my respect. Mm-hmm. And when I, even I was at Standard Bank, I was writing books. So it's always been my thing. The books and me are inseparable, even in politics. Oh, that's amazing. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lover of books, too. Um, obviously, very interesting career that you've had. You mentioned Standard Bank as well. I'd like to know a little bit about your money journey. What was money like growing up? You know, it's a very, very... Part of the reason why I agreed to, to be on the show mm-hmm. is because I do think that all of us, and even people that may be prominent like myself, we've had very unhealthy relationship with money, you know? Yeah. So growing up, because I grew up very deprived. So the minute I started having money, of course my my investment was more into bring, you know, cars, beautiful beds. I mean, I remember at some stage I would spend money, maybe 18000 26000 just buying a bag. No, really? Same as that, yes. That is insane. And um, it took time for me to look back and say, hang on a sec, this can't be healthy. This can't mm. be right. There is something fundamentally wrong with my relationship with money. And that's where many people who have been deprived for so long they have this very unhealthy relationship with money. And and you, you see that a lot. And most of the people that you end up finding, maybe ending up committing corruption and so forth, it's because they haven't dealt with that reality of their relationship with money. Money is like energy. What you do to it, it's going to, to bounce back. And, and if it's negative, the way you deal with it, it's going to be negative too. You know what I mean? 
It's so interesting that you say that, you know, and I've heard this before, that we have a very unhealthy relationship. Um, but, you know, there's also two sides of looking at it or people react differently in these circumstances. If you grow up deprived and you never had and suddenly you come into it, then you're just spending all the time and you're quite lavish. On the other side, some people that have grown up in the same situation come into money and they don't. They don't want to let go of a cent because they never, ever want to be poor again. You know, it depends what you are investing on. For example, with me, I started off investing in cars. Like, Mm -hmm. I will tell you, I mean, because I'm an open book. I, at some stage in my house, I had about four cars. I had the CLA, the ML, the Colt, and I also had what? I can't remember even what was the fourth car that I had. And um, later on, when I started questioning my relationship with money, that's when I started investing more in land, in appreciating assets and not depreciating assets. So I'm saying, yes, you didn't have, but if you wanted to retain that Mm. wealth and you don't want to go back to poverty again, create a legacy. Do something that is going to sustain your family long after you are gone. Have you left all the lavish, um, the lavish living behind? Are you now not, not, not really? really, really, really? I still love certain things, of course. That may not seem to another person; they may not seem as 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 critical things. You understand? I love. I invest a lot in art. I love art. I collect. I'm an art collector. I love it. And um, I also love myself. I mean, I love beautiful nails. I love all those things that many women love, you know. But there's nothing wrong with that. But as long as you also have a bigger picture, I think it's important to always have a bigger picture to say, you know what, maybe I can to break down your money and say maybe I have... um, 5% 5% or 2% rule of saying, you know, this is for pampering myself. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that if you can afford. Talking about affordability, I mean, publishing is obviously treating you very well. Well, publishing, I'm going into this space, you must understand. With me, I'm also a, I'm a social entrepreneur. So I look, I, I'm a social impact entrepreneur. I mm-hmm. look at, you know, impacting society. I identified the gap with the black African languages, and I could see that no publishing company has invested in research and development of these languages. And I went into that space. Now we are publishing books for, for I mean, uh, I mean textbooks for schools. I mean, I've just had the approvals from the Department of Basic Education. I don't know if you know, I've published more than 10 books. Um, in, from grade two right up to uh, grade 12 and, and, and un, at university level. So I'm saying I started my publishing company with that. Mm-hmm. Now I'm getting other publishers as well, other authors as well, to come on board and publish with us. I'm just wondering in terms of all of these books, I mean, is there anything on financial literacy? I'm always banging on the fact that we need more financial literacy and it should be mandatory in schools. Thank you very much for giving me that as a bigger challenge because like as I said to you, 
one of the aspects that we are looking at is is, is demystifying mathematics. Mm. And um, if you are going to be demystifying mathematics, logic says you need to build in this whole thing of finance, financial literacy in these textbooks. It's very easy, especially when we're dealing with grammar. You can be using examples like that when you are teaching people grammar. You understand people's grammar. So I'm saying to you, you are giving me food for thought because really in South Africa, we need to start building financial literacy into the school curriculum. It must not be a by-the-way thing because the reality is that life revolves around money. No matter what we may say about the capitalist system, the truth is money is the one that paves your way to anything that you wanted to achieve. Absolutely. Well, thank you for those insights. And I am going to hold you to it. We're going to keep this uh, recording of this show and we're going to check in with you pretty soon to see if we can get a book out on financial literacy and get them into the schools because I think it is that important. I think it's vitally important that we all understand from a really young age um, how money works, how to use money, how to spend, how to invest and how to empower ourselves most importantly. You're telling the right person. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I'm going to prove this to you. Great stuff. Dr. Makosi Koza, thank you so much for your time this evening. You go well. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.